This is G'day World 275, where my guest is a G'day World listener from Paris, Bernard Maliger. Bernard's come on to talk to us about the income tax situation in Paris, the healthcare system, the social security system, their position on Iraq, how it all ties in together. Hope you're going to join us in a couple of minutes for Bernard. We have a legacy of freedom and privilege, which has been won by hard struggle, hasn't been given by from above. It's been won, but we have it, and we can use it uh, to help people who are suffering seriously uh, if we try. Well, the singularity is a future time which will be profoundly transformative, where the machine intelligence we're creating will be billions of times more powerful than our own biological intelligence. Well, ask you is, what's next for Robert Scoble? What do you think you're going to be doing three, four years from now? Oh, geez. Uh, well, hopefully uh, we've, we'll have a successful launch of Longhorn. I, I want to stick around for my, with Microsoft for at least four more years. Around what I call the because effect rather than the with effect. In other words, I can make more money because of my blog than with Anything my blog. Anything of this magnitude only happens because enormous numbers of people want it to happen and are willing to commit time and energy and money. Hello, Bernard. How are you, sir? Um, I'm fine. Thank you. And you? I'm very well, sir. Good to talk okay. to you. Yeah. Very, uh, it's a pleasure for me to talk to you. Now, uh, where are you based in France? Are you in Paris, Bernard? Yes, I'm in the suburb of Paris, which, uh, southwestern suburb of Paris. Which arrondissement? Ah, it's not an arrondissement. Arrondissement, it's uh, within Paris. Oh, within? I'm uh, 35 kilometers from Paris. Uh, are you anywhere near Les Invalides? Um, yeah, Les Invalides as well is inside Paris. So I'm, I'm really uh, far while it's Very far good. from Paris in the suburb. <clears throat> well, next time you go past, uh, pay my respects to the emperor. Yeah. So, um, uh, thank you very much for agreeing to come and chat to us about healthcare in France and the United Kingdom, both places in which you've lived in recent years, I believe. What do you do for a job, Bernard? I am an engineer and I am a project manager. Uh, I am not working for Renault in France, as well known automotive uh, maker. Yes, indeed. And I in, in the UK, I was working for a telecom company, and I was uh, also project manager for uh, accessories for mobile phones. Okay, so you're you're an engineer. You're you're a left brain building person. Yes, design so. stuff. Okay, very good. So let's talk about healthcare now. Um, you contacted me uh, via Facebook, I think, after I assume hearing the show where we talked about. Sicko recently and, and uh, Michael yes. Moore's presentation of the healthcare systems in the United Kingdom and France and Cuba, obviously, versus the United States. And I have to say that, yes. uh, you know, I think from what I saw, England's system and France's system is, is very similar to Australia's system. We have a quasi socialized healthcare here. We have some private healthcare insurance, but we also have public hospitals and public doctors and clinics and uh, that kind of thing. But one of the things that I didn't understand that Michael Moore didn't really go into was the taxation system in France and and how much tax people are paying. Uh, So I guess there's a trade-off. The more tax you pay, the more things you would expect to get for free, but the less control you have over your 
your money. So you sent me some uh, very um, interesting documents around the tax rates, the sliding scale, progressive scale in yes. France, which I couldn't understand because it's in French. And <laughs> yes, obviously. Uh, so can you explain it to us? It looks like the the, the basic uh, non-taxable wage is about 5,500 euro. Yes, but um, uh, just to, to add also something, um, when, I, when we in France we talk about social security, uh, it includes uh, pension and uh, unemployment benefits. And uh, that's why uh, I know that uh, in the in UK, for instance, you don't pay for pension, but you don't get any pension from uh, from the state. And uh, also for unemployment benefit, you don't uh, you don't pay a lot, but you don't get a lot as well. Uh, so that's that's why I uh, it's all this comparison I have to I would like to explain to you and to the audience. Well, in Australia, but, uh, in Australia, we have a similar sort of thing to France. We have social security, we have superannuation, you know, retirement income. They're not very much, but th there is some funds set aside for people in their retirement or if they become sick, I guess. Okay, so uh, if you, yeah, uh, if you, well, you less, less start by, uh, by the income taxes. Uh, because in, indeed uh, there is uh, several uh, stuff I have to mention first before going to the paper I sent you. Uh, first, uh, in France, uh, the, when we want to calculate uh, our income taxes, first uh, we have to deduct or uh, to remove from the total income uh, the value of the social security and when I mean social security it's uh, health care, it's pension, it's uh, unemployment fee etc and we I made a rough calculation we we pay uh, on, on our gross salary we pay around 18% uh, of uh, let's say social security so when we start to calculate the income taxes we the, the taxable income, in, indeed, is our total income minus that 18% for the social security. Okay, that's straight and, off the top. Uh, sorry? That's straight off the top, that 80%. So if you're making 100,000 euro a year, you lose 18,000 euro straight off the top for social security. Yes. Okay. And, uh, and we remove this f to calculate the, the income taxes. So you don't pay tax on that 18%. Yes. Wow. Okay. And uh, then if you are an employee, uh, you have an extra 10% removed from your taxable income. And the reason is that uh, when you are an employee, uh, you cannot uh, cheat on your uh, income. So, uh, and it's, uh, well, it's, accept it's accepted that uh, when you are self-employed or independent, you who, let's say, cheat on your income. So, <laughs> to be a bit equal, employee, we cannot cheat on it. So, we have uh, an extra 10%. But if you're, if you're self-employed, you have to declare what your income is in the first place to pay that, to calculate that 10%, don't you? Can't, can't, no, but we, can't. there is not that 10% uh, when you are self-employed, let's say. 
So it's well, I I don't really uh, can just I have I have always been uh, employee, so I cannot really uh, justify with that ten percent off. But I get it. Okay. So from the stuff that you sent me here, there's this chart that says for over for between 24,872 and 66,679 euro which i assume is sort of the the middle income range the average income range yes what's r by 30 after that is that 30 cents in the dollar you're paying tax yes i have i have to explain something else as well because oh, okay i don't know how it is in in australia but in in the uk uh, you pay uh, your taxes on your personal uh, income and say if you are married uh, you pay your own taxes your wife pay your own, uh, her own taxes and that's it in, uh, in France we are taxing the household and we we saw basically if you are married I'm single but if you are married let's take, let's take your case I think you are married and you have two kids yeah, that's, that's right. That's that's the current situation. Yeah, and we we calculate then uh, what we call the family ratio. The the family ratio will be one for you plus one for your wife, plus 0.5 for the first kid, plus 0.5 for the second kid, plus one for the third kid and any other kid you have. So. In your case, uh, it's one for you plus one for your wife plus one for for your you two kids, and what we what we calculate on uh, the chart you have, uh, it's your your income plus the one of your wife divided by your uh, family ratio. So basically, if you earn uh, so let's take the calculation you are earning a hundred thousand euro per year. You uh, you already remove 18% for social security plus another 10%, so it's uh, around uh, 70,000 euro, and then you add uh, the salary of your wife, and you divide it by your um, family ratio. In your case, it will be three. Yeah. So and it's a kind of averaging uh, your your uh, income with one of your family. Yeah. And uh, you see that if you have a lot of kids, your uh, this uh, well your income divided by your fa- family ratio will uh, decrease rapidly. So for me, I'm single, so it doesn't change any anything. But you see that uh, for you, for instance, it's, it's decreasing. So the more dependents that you have, or the more people living in your household, yes, the lower tax bracket you're on. Yes. So when you when you divide the total household income by this ratio, let's say your total household income after you take out, <coughs> sorry, the eighteen percent and the ten percent is let's say it's a hundred thousand, and you've got two adults and two kids, so it's a ratio of three. You divide the hundred thousand by three, you get thirty three thousand. The thirty-three thousand is the amount of tax you pay, or is that what no, your no, no. taxation it's, rate is calculated it's, on? It's it's a basis <coughs> for which calculate your uh, your uh, tax ratio and uh, and also stuff in the formula I uh, gave you. Basically, in the in the chart I give you, the n figure is your family ratio. So, 
Uh, in the okay. first column, yeah. uh, you have uh, your uh, income divided by your family ratio. So if you have, uh, so that is the, the bracket you have in the first, in the left column of the, of the charts I give you. So if you, so in your case, your total income is after the tax and uh, deducting the social security and your 10%, you have 30,000 uh, euro. You will be uh, in the bracket between 25,000. 25,872 and 67,679 uh, euro. So you are in the bracket and that gives you uh, the, the tax ratio. Now your income, so will be, uh, so the formula will be R, R is your uh, income. Uh, in your case, it will be 100, 100. Uh, uh, pound multiply um, euro multiply by 30 percent and then you remove uh, 5,240 euro multiplied by n and being your uh, family ratio so for you Cameron it will be three so you have uh, 30 percent of your income um, minus three times uh, 5,000 euro Is that clear or? Yeah, no, my, my, I got bored about 10 minutes ago, Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, that's that's way too hard. Let's, well, no, it's probably actually less complicated than the system we have here. I can't even follow our own system. But let me ask you this. As, 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 a, as a Frenchman, do you believe, do you like the system that you, that you have there? Do you think it's a, a fair system, the way that the healthcare system works? Or would you rather pay less tax and have more control, have more of a privatized healthcare system? Or do you think that the system as it is, is a, a reasonable system? Well, I, I think it's a reasonable, a reasonable system because... Uh, <clears throat> It's true that we pay a lot, but we also receive a lot. Well, I don't know that you pay and a lot. I mean, you're paying well under fifty percent, right? It's not like you're, yes. It's not like you're paying seventy cents in the dollar tax. But by the sounds of it, you're paying, you know, a fairly low tax rate. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, fairly comparable to the Australian tax system, if not less than we're paying here. Unless, and just for the people who haven't seen Sicko. Just explain what gets covered um, healthcare-wise in France. It's pretty much everything, right? Yes, it's everything. Um, it's paid, terms, paid for uh, by the government. Yeah, paid by the government. And uh, we also, in the 18% of social security we, we are paying, it could include as well, for me in my case, as a middle manager, I have a, a private insurance. And what happened is for some kind of care, uh, the state social security don't give you, uh, don't refund you 100% of the expenses and your uh, private insurance will top up uh, so that you have, uh, you are, bet you, are uh, you, you get your, uh, your money back, let's say. Okay, so things that are like elective surgery, if you wanted to get plastic surgery and make yourself look more like uh, Gérard Depardieu, you wanted a big nose, and uh, they'd say, well, that's elective, we're not going to cover all of that cost. 
Yeah, that, that, that we, don't, we don't cover this kind of cost. You don't want more people. Uh, the government doesn't want to pay to have more people running around looking like Gerard Depardieu. Yes, basically uh, <laughs> what happened is um, the French system means that if you are really uh, a, a real disease, like if you are cancer, for instance, the state system will uh, pay everything. If it's, uh, you know, when you uh, sometime I'm going to the GP just to have a, an annual checkup, then I will, uh, I will, be, I will pay uh, the GP and I will be refunded around 65%. And then my uh, private, uh, private insurance will refund me an extra, uh, I think it's 25%. So at the end of the day, for this kind of expenses, it's not mandatory. It's, uh, my, my life doesn't de depend on it. I will uh, pay only 10% of the, of the amount. And then if you, yes, if it's just plastic surgery and if it's not necessary, then you will have to pay by yourself uh, all the, the cost. Yeah. But for major illnesses, like you said, like cancer treatment, the government takes care of all of it. Yes. So, so nobody, like we see in SICKO uh, in America, people, you know, struck down with cancer and their insurance company refuses to pay for some bullshit reason and they basically end up bankrupt having to sell their house and uh, do all sorts of things just to try and get, you know, and they can't work, obviously, if they're sick enough. So it, it, the system over there completely screws them. No, no, no. That, that can't happen in France, usually. So uh, uh, let me ask you about the the rest of the socialist. I mean, well, here's a question: with um, <clears throat> what's the name of your new president, prime minister? Sarkozy. Sarkozy. Our new president is Nicolas Sarkozy. Sarkozy. That's right. Now I, I remember reading in the media during the election campaign that if he came into power, he was probably going to become a little bit more right wing and, and move try and move France more towards an American system. Is, is, is that correct? Uh, yes, but I'm not sure he will do that because uh, we won't accept that. <laughs> what happened is... Oh, sorry, that, that just reminds me, and uh, I like him, Michael. Have you seen Sicko, Michael Moore's film? No, no, no. One of the things that he says about... One of the things he says about the French is that uh, one of the, the government in France is scared of the French people. And, and he had all the footage of riots in Paris. It was saying, you know, in America, if the government doesn't is, does something we don't like, we just accept it. But in France, if the, they're terrified of the people because they actually take to the streets and protest and set things on fire and, you know, do something. It's not maybe uh, setting uh, fire to everything, but yes, when we when the government want to decrease, for instance, uh, the, the level of protection, there will be of social security, for instance, there will be a strike and demonstration, yes. Because basically we, uh, well, I have not seen SICO, but I have seen, uh, I know a bit uh, what happened in America, and uh, it's not something we, we want to, to go, uh, because... Uh, um, as I told you, I think our system, okay, even if we pay uh, much more than uh, Americans could pay for their uh, social security, we also uh, get a better treatment. So uh, I, uh, it's overall, it's uh, it's not bad to be to be in France, even if we are more taxed. 
and but, but because what we get is uh, is far better. Hmm. And uh, when you were in the UK, how did you think the UK system compared? Uh, I mean, say so. Uh, is what's true as well is um, is uh, that ob- obviously we we lose money. I mean, it's uh, we have a deficit, uh, so we will need some reform anyway uh, on your on our healthcare system because we just can't continue to pay to pay to pay and be in deficit. And uh, but I think we can. Uh, we don't need to go to to an american system to to make some reform to to be able to have uh, the same level of protection with uh, less money paid are you, uh, do you consider I mean, as uh, as uh, often there is some waste uh, in the in the system but uh, well uh, i think it will be possible to to reform it a bit and uh, uh, to let's say save our system and without uh, uh, well having to go to uh, an American style system. So you know, I imagine that uh, there's a lot of people in uh, in America that would look at that when they think of a, a socialist system. Do you consider it? It's a social democracy in in France, right? You have elections, but it's a, a socialist style of government, a little bit more left than I guess Australia is. Where you have the government, you know, basically uh, providing a lot of the basic services, but I'm sure a lot of people in America look at that, and when you have a market-driven economy, and they, they uh, would would be scared of a system where the government was taking the money from the people and saying, well, you give us your money and we'll spend it. Because there is a lot of wastage. Historically, governments tend to be more bureaucratic and, and they don't tend to spend the money wisely. There's a lot of uh, wastage uh, and sometimes a lot of corruption that happens inside of government bureaucracies when they control the money. But the flip side is, you know, America, if, if according to Michael Moore's film, is uh, the healthcare system in one case is particularly out of control where people can't get access to basic health care. Do you think that there's many people in France that look at the American market-driven system and think, well, it would be good if we had more control as an individual over our money and gave the government less control? Or are they, it sounds to me from what you're saying, that people are fairly comfortable with the system as it's set up. Yeah, I think people uh, feel comfortable because... Uh Maybe it's only a minority. Uh, I mean, the, the more wealthy people in France uh, may think it's better to pay less taxes. And, uh, you know, it's always the same. When you have a lot of money and you are uh, healthy, you you think, uh, what the fuck should I pay for poor people or for people that are ill? You know, but in in majority, uh, we... We feel that uh, it's better uh, to, even if we pay a lot of uh, more money, we also get uh, a lot of stuff from the state. And even if uh, some money is wasted, at the end of the day, we we recover. It was some waste and all these expenses uh, to be able to, to get back uh, our health system as it is now. And I uh, also can say it's it's true for health system, but it's also true true uh, true for uh, a lot of other stuff. For instance, education, university. 
and do, do, is your university uh, education paid for by the government? Yes. All yes. All, uh, I mean, usually universities are free, completely free. And, uh, there is private school and private university, but most of uh, school and university are free. And I think I remember, if I remember from the film as well, he talks about when people give, when women give birth in France, there's almost like child sick, they have like childcare support where people will come around and, and, and teach you how to feed your baby and look after you in the first couple of months. And, uh, and that's yes. free as well. Yeah, that's free. And also what, um, what you have, it's you have, uh, you have a sick leave. And I think you you can have up to uh, I, I think it's three months sick leave. So basically you you are paid uh, and uh, you can uh, recover your uh, job when after that sick leave, and it's uh, legal. So let me ask you about the um, perspective in France at the moment of the United States and Iraq and that whole situation. I mean, obviously in the lead up to the invasion, France was fighting the United States against it, particularly in the UNSC, the Security Council, yeah. and basically got, you know, bitch slapped by America. And America said, well, we're just going to, and England said, we're just going to do and go and do what we want anyway. I haven't heard a lot in the last four years of what the French think about the whole situation. In Australia, I think it's fairly unpopular now, even though the Australian government that are currently in power, but looks like they're definitely on their way out, uh, are still sticking to the fact that they believe they were doing the right thing and they're sticking by the Americans. The, the general consensus with most people you meet in Australia is that it was a huge mistake and we should, you know, either get out now or get out as quickly as possible. What's the perspective in France today of the way that America is conducting itself internationally? It is, does it get talked about much by, in the press? Does it get talked, to much, talked about much by the people? Yeah, it's uh, it's still uh, talk about in the press at least uh, because basically uh, we we just see that uh, we were right to oppose this war and that uh, basically uh, in we we know now that uh, it was uh, all burnt lies. There was uh, we we said it at the beginning that uh, there was no link with Al Qaeda. And that uh, even uh, we in France, we we thought that uh, Saddam Hussein as WMD, we didn't thought, think that it was a threat for his neighbor. So, well, uh, now we even uh, think that we even see that he not he don't have any uh, weapon of mass destruction. So it was really useless to invade it. And it was not just uh, useless, it's dangerous, because now uh, Iran uh, maybe or will get soon a nuclear weapon. And uh, because of what happened in Iraq, we can't really uh, do anything about Iran. And uh, Iran was a real uh, enemy, it is a real threat. And we will do nothing because the uh, uh, U.S. is uh, stuck in Iraq. And what we see also is in Afghanistan, 
we uh, French, we have soldiers in Afghanistan because we, we thought that it was good to go there and to overcome the, overthrow the Taliban government. But because uh, no much effort is made on Afghanistan, Taliban are back. And it's also a big problem for, for international uh, community in general. Um, so yes, it's a, it's a concern. And uh, what, uh, what we think as well is, uh, well, I, I don't see any solution, any good solution for Iraq. Uh, unfortunately, even if uh, US will pull out of Iraq, that wouldn't uh, solve the problem they have. There is, there is still, uh, 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 civil war there, and even if America is going back, it will be unrest, and it will be, uh, uh, it will still be a civil war there. And yet, there's uh, sort of a bit in the headlines at the moment <clears throat> that uh, Sarkozy, who's uh, on holidays in the U.S. at the moment, uh, is sort of defending their decision last week to sell. $405 million worth of arms to Libya as part of, uh, you know, uh, a European deal with Libya. Uh, so obviously, you know, France isn't squeaky clean either in terms of uh, arms sales to some of these dubious governments uh, throughout the world. Yes, definitely. And uh, I think that uh, what happened in Libya is a shame. Um, you know that there was a problem of that uh, Bulgarian nurse that have been accused of uh, giving AIDS to children, and I think all that was a, was a scam from Gaddafi to get back uh, the money he has to pay after uh, the Lockerbie bombing. I don't know if you remember this uh, story. I remember the uh, bombing. Basically, yeah. it's, uh, sorry. Yeah, I remember the bombing, but I, I haven't heard the story about the nurse. Well, basically, uh, uh, in 1999, uh, uh, there was, uh, I think, five or six Bulgarian nurses working in uh, an hospital in Benghazi, which is a city in Libya. Oh, these are the, these are the ones that were that have just accused been of uh, transmitting uh, AIDS to 400 something children. There was so five nurses and one Palestinian uh, doctor, and uh, that was pure bullshit. But uh, they have been tortured, so uh, they have been also uh, sentenced to death. And uh, there was a lot of uh, negotiation by uh, European community to have this uh, nurse released. And this nurse have been released uh, lately, um, two weeks ago. Finally, yeah, these are the medics, and, and so uh, this this arms deal was announced. You know, sorry, yeah, these are the so these are the medics that were released recently, and and it was just very coincidental that this big arms deal has happened a week or two after these people were finally released uh, from a Libyan prison after eight and a half years or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's part of the deal, and uh, I think that's why I think it's a shame is. Because uh, Libya is an oil-rich oil country, uh, everybody in Europe is in the, in the starting block. And uh, I'm not, enfin, when I say in Europe, uh, US too, is in the starting block to, to sell uh, any kind of thing to, to Libya. 
And bon, France did that uh, weapon deal, but I'm sure that uh, other countries want also to 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 sell uh, weapon and other stuff to to Libya. <laughs> and uh, given the personality of Gaddafi, I think it's a shame. Mm. So um, my other favorite subject, whenever I talk to anybody who's French, is about Napoleon. You ever listen to my Napoleon podcast? Uh, not yet. Um, not yet. Uh, what, tell me about the general uh, perspective of Napoleon in France these days. When I was last in France a couple of years ago, um, I, I was really surprised at how little most people in France that I spoke to knew about Napoleon. And, and I think I was there during the 200th anniversary of his coronation, and there was almost no... Uh, celebration it was all very almost em an embarrassed silence I guess uh, for, for a variety of reasons but when you grew up and you were educated in, in school did you what did you learn about Napoleon well we, we learn all uh, how he became emperor and uh, all the, the war is uh, he did huh, during his reign And we know as well that uh, basically he shaped the France uh, we have today. And our, uh, what we call the, the civil code, which is uh, the civilian uh, set of law, is uh, inherited from Napoleon. And the current uh, organization of France is inherited from Napoleon. What happened? Uh, yeah, go on. What Well, sorry, about Napoleon, the fact is we, in France, we are not always turned toward our past. You know, when uh, when I lived in uh, in uh, UK, what struck me is that they only, they always remember Nelson, for instance, Admiral Nelson as a hero, and they always also turn to their past to... Basically, their golden era is the Victorian era in the late 19th century. And for us, we in France, we don't we don't uh, look uh, toward your, our past like oh, it was a golden age. For us, uh, the golden age is is more, is more the late 20th centuries after World War II, where we we rebuilt our country, and that was a We saw it as the best uh, years of France. That's why we don't. It's not that we we are embarrassed by Napoleon, but uh, is we we pass to something else. We you know we just. Uh, uh, it's not that we don't care, but for us, it's just the past. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the, the, the and even if it's it's still one of the biggest French uh, ever lived. It's we we don't feel the need to to celebrate him, as uh, as uh, British may celebrate Nelson, uh, for instance. Yeah. I, when I was when I was in France, I got the perspective that the the way that the average French person probably thinks of Napoleon is the way in Australia we think of Ned Kelly, who was uh, sort of a quasi hero here. Did uh, you know? Absolutely not comparable to Napoleon's accomplishments, but. It's sort of something that you take for granted, I guess, in your own country and you don't perhaps think of uh, as much as somebody from the outside looking in uh, knows, learns about this history and, and perhaps becomes more interested in it when you're uh, living in a different country. Yeah, maybe. maybe. 
Because you know, at the end of the day, bon, uh, Napoleon built a big empire, but he, he lose out at the end. So, you know, he's not that big hero that, okay, he, <laughs> he conquer uh, uh, basically uh, all Europe, but uh, yeah, at the end he was beaten and he, so yeah, he's not that, that hero, you know. But he defended France. He wasn't starting the wars. He was defending France from the evil monarchs of Europe, man. Yeah, yeah, yes. But uh, he, he start, let's say he started to defend France, but then he, he, he invaded the, the rest of Europe. So Only because they started wars with him. Yeah, yeah, obviously. It was all uh, defensive. But Anyway. Well, that's fascinating, and it's been good to have you on. Uh, thanks for coming on, Bernard. I really appreciate you coming on. Chat, do you do you have a blog or anything that uh, where people can keep track of what's going on, or are you uh, a stalker? No, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I have no blog now. So, ha- how, did, how did you end up listening to the uh, show, G'day World? Well, it's. Um uh, I start to to have on uh, on a newsletter uh, a report of uh, of um, it's very strange. It was a report on Motorola about mobile phone, and it was uh, yep. And there was podcast which was uh, one of your podcasts. I think it was a mobile uh, technology show, and uh, that's how I uh, discovered TPN. And uh, I look into all your show, and I found some were interested and uh, interesting. And uh, yours in particular, uh, Gide World. Um, I'm interested in what you say, I'm, uh, and I uh, agree most of what you what you're saying on your view, religion, and politics. So I think I find it interesting interesting and i am now i am one of your fans let's say and i'm uh, listen, listening to your show on a regular basis oh that's awesome you'll you'll, have, you'll have to become our uh, parisian correspondent bernard you'll, we'll have to do a regular show you can give us the uh the european perspective on world affairs what do you think Oh, that could be uh, that could be possible. Yes, we can have uh, something. Uh, it's what I uh, I would like to to propose you if you if you want uh, to invite me on uh, to talk. As I as I told you, I'm uh, interested in your view on ecology, on politics, on stuff like that. So, if you want a French perspective on uh, on all these topics, uh, feel free to to invite me on your show and. Uh, I'm not sure I will be. I will have the time to have a regular, uh, regular show on a regular basis. But, but uh, from time to time, if you want uh, some, uh, some uh, French view or European view on uh, on all these topics, uh, yeah, uh, you can invite me, and it will be a pleasure for me for me to come. Fantastic. Well, I'd love to do that. We'll get you on every couple of months, and we'll, we'll sort of do a regular uh, yeah. European update. Yes. Okay. No problem. Bonjour. Oh, bonsoir. It's evening over there. What time is it? No, it's, oh, it's, it's before morning, work, isn't it? Actually. Yeah. yeah. Bonjour. Go it's uh, 20 to 9 uh, in the morning. All right. Well, I'll let you get to work. Thanks very much for taking the time to come on and chat with us, Bernard. It's been great to chat to you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, and uh, I will be pleased to uh, come another time to discuss. All right. Au revoir. We'll talk to you soon. Au revoir.